Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. You can follow me on social media at EW Erickson. The most important bit of information I'm going to give you during this entire show is happening right now. Pay attention. This is very important. If you text the word recipe, singular, the word recipe, to 33777. Sometime around 1 o'clock today, you're going to get my favorite chocolate pie recipe. It's no bake. For those of you who have fear of the oven, it is. there's no baking involved. You just use a mixer. It's fantastic. It does use raw eggs, but it's incredible. Text the word recipe to 33777. You will love this recipe. You'll make it every week. You'll get really fat like me. <laughs> okay, we, we got to move into, into real news here. You know, the, the Katanji Brown-Jackson hearing uh, got interesting yesterday. I want to play you a clip, and it's a little bit longer of a clip than you have previously heard, because I want to make sure you have all the context, and it's still not great. Uh, this is an exchange between Katanji Brown-Jackson, who is Joe Biden's nominee for the Supreme Court, and Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law, and I decide. Well, so I'm not... The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Y'all, how can you not say what a woman is? So uh, there, there's an article national in National Review. Dan McLaughlin, uh, if you follow Baseball Crank on Twitter, Dan McLaughlin, good friend of mine, great guy. Antonin Scalia may not have lived to reach the promised land, but he won the argument. That is the clear takeaway from the first round of questioning of Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson in her Supreme Court confirmation hearing Tuesday before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Scalia did not invent constitutional originalism. Edwin Meese and Robert Bork both played important roles in advancing the concept in public, and numerous other scholars worked the vineyards of academia and the judiciary to make the idea intellectually respectable and rigorous. Others, such as Clarence Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett, have carried the flame of its arguments forward on the Supreme Court since Scalia's death, sometimes, in the case of Thomas, with more astringency than Scalia himself. But Scalia was its most prominent, insistent, and eloquent exponent from the mid-'80s until his death in 2016. He was originalism's prophet. No one was more identified with the argument than Scalia, who advanced it relentlessly in constitutional law and equally insistently under the label of textualism in approaching statutory law. 
We're all textualists now, quipped Justice Elena Kagan in 2015. Scalia's argument was exceptionally American and grounded in the legitimacy of law in a democracy. The United States of America was the first country in the history of the world to have a written national constitution ratified by its people and binding on the government. We were the first nation to have a rule book. It is at the core of what makes us an exceptional nation. George Washington himself warned in his farewell address. The basis of our political systems is the right of the people to make and to alter their constitutions of government. But the constitution, which at any time exists, till changed by an explicit and authentic act of the whole people, is sacredly obligatory upon all. Towards the preservation of your government, it is requisite that you resist with care the spirit of innovation upon its principles. Alexander Hamilton wrote in Federalist Number 78, that an independent judiciary's purpose was to enforce, quote, inflexible and uniform adherence to the rights of the Constitution, because until the people have, by some solemn and authoritative act, annulled or changed the established form, it is binding upon themselves collectively as well as individually, and no presumption or even knowledge of its sentiments can warrant their representatives in a departure from it prior to such act. Katanji Brown-Jackson doesn't want to be labeled an originalist, but she has repeatedly said, when you look at the law, you got to see what the people who wrote it intended. But how can she, when she thinks you need a biologist to tell you what a woman is? You know, one of the worst aspects of progressivism is, is now pervasive in American society. That you as a person, if you are not an expert, cannot inform yourself, draw down information, and make an informed opinion. No, no. You must rely on the experts. We must outsource everything to the experts. You will notice I do not have a regular habit of bringing experts onto this program to give you information. I do that intentionally. This is my conversation with you. And you can call in and we can chat about things. This is not my conversation with someone else that you can eavesdrop on. But more importantly, it's to try to convey to you that I can gather information from experts and relay it to you in relatable ways that oftentimes experts can't. So that you can relate to other people. You can form your own opinions about things. You don't need me to tell you what to think, but I'll certainly give you all the information so you can think for yourself. The idea that we've got to outsource the term woman to biologists. Why not theologians? Because Genesis 1 existed before modern biology. God made man male and female. Should we not get a Jewish or Christian or Muslim theologian to come in and tell us what it means by male and female? Because those terms existed well before modern law and theory. They existed in terms of theological definition. But now we outsource to the biologist. What's the biologist going to tell us? Biologist is going to tell us in terms of XY chromosomes. If you have an XX, you're female. If you're XY, you're male. But the gender theories people say that's not true. It's all about your feeling and your desire. So maybe Katanji Brown-Jackson is singling that she's against trans rights. Huh? Have you thought about that? She wants to rely on a biologist 
She doesn't want to rely on a women and gender studies theorist. But it's simply absurd that a woman who wants to be on the Supreme Court thinks you've got to outsource to a biologist to tell you what a woman is. It, it really was one of the more bizarre exchanges. And frankly, Republicans should have this up on ads in every swing state in the country, in Georgia, in Arizona, in Nevada, in New Hampshire. Everyone should see that Joe Biden has nominated a woman to the Supreme Court who doesn't know what a woman is and can't tell you what a woman is. She thinks you have to have a biologist to tell you what a woman is. All Marsha Blackburn asked was, can you define what a woman is? And she says no. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. Wow. She can't provide a definition. Oh, but it gets better than that. She also had the exchange with Josh Hawley. Now, you will note that in the run-up to Josh Hawley's ability to question Katanji Brown-Jackson, he signaled the direction of his attacks. And the media rushed out to say that uh, this was uh, defamatory, it was out of context, it was wrong for him to do, and her position is a totally normal position for everybody. You had uh, Jeffrey Tubin, a man who knocked up his girlfriend, refused to pay for the child, told her he would only pay for the abortion, and then ignored her pleas, and then decided to self-pleasure himself on video in front of his colleagues, and still has a job at CNN is the one who tried to tell us that actually, you know, we're too hard on child pornographers. That that was his argument yesterday on television. My gosh, how quickly the world has fallen. So before Josh Hawley could even question Katanji Brown-Jackson, Eli Mistel, the not very bright uh, constitutional scholar on MSNBC, said this. But I, I don't want to let the Josh Hawley thing lie because here's, you know, like, here's where I need the Democrats to step up. Because when they try to smear her, I need the Democrats to get up there and defend her just as vociferously as Lindsey Graham defended alleged attempted rapist Brett Kavanaugh. Like, I need that level of energy from the Democrats, especially when they come at her with this with this trumped up um, uh, alleged issues about uh, her sentencing on uh, for, for sex offenders. Um, because what Josh Hawley is doing, let's be, let's be very clear. What Josh Hawley is doing when he tries to do this um, is he's trying to get her killed. (laughs) Yes, there's no hyperbole there. Josh Hawley is trying to get her killed. Really? That's what Eli, that is the, 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 the wisdom from Eli Mistel on MSNBC. Here's the actual questioning from Josh Hawley yesterday. After Eli Mistel said Josh Hawley's trying to get her killed, this is the line of questioning. It turns out that Katanji Brown-Jackson went light on a uh, child predator and apologized to him and his family for her sentencing. Well, let's keep talking about, about this case. You also said to, to this individual who is an adult, tried as an adult, 18 years old, you also said to him, besides saying that you thought his victims were his peers... You also said there's no reason to think that you are a pedophile. And then you went on to say, again, that's another reason why you weren't going to give him, you're only going to give him three months because you would have judged that he wasn't a pedophile. And then you said, and this is something I'd, I, I really need your help understanding. Then you apologized to him. 
and I, I just have to tell you, I can't quite figure this out. He said to him, this is a truly difficult situation. I appreciate that your family's in the audience. I feel so sorry for them and for you and for the anguish this has caused all of you. I feel terrible about the collateral consequences of this conviction. And then you go on to say sex offenders are truly shunned in our society. I'm just trying to figure out, Judge, is he the victim here or are the victims the victims? You're saying that you are, you're apologizing to him. You're saying you're sorry for the anguish this has caused him. There was a victim impact statement in this case. It didn't get read into the record, but it was there. I've described the, the videos that we have. You say earlier in the case, you talk about how heinous these crimes are, and you describe them to your credit. You describe how heinous it is to your credit. And yet, here you are giving him three months and apologizing to him and saying you feel sorry for the anguish it's caused him and also saying you think that sex offenders are truly shunned in our society. So just, just talk about that. Help me understand. I mean, is, is he a victim? Is that your view here? Is that why you said this? Is that what you meant by Senator, it? I, I, again, don't have the entire record. I remember in that particular case, I considered it to be unusual, in part for the reasons that I described. It was an 18-year-old. That was her problem. It's an 18-year-old involved. And under sentencing guidelines, and by the way, Katanji Brown-Jackson had been on the U.S. Sentencing Commission before becoming a federal judge. She sentenced him to prison, and she apologized to him. She would not read the victim statement, victim impact statement, into the record, nor would she put it there. But to the 18-year-old predator, she apologized to him and his family that he was going to have to go to jail and be stuck with the stigma of being a child predator for being a child predator. And the analysis, the esteemed analysis from MSNBC is, well, I guess Josh Hawley, Josh Hawley just wants to get her killed. Maybe he wants to show that uh, she and a lot of the left these days are really light on child predator crimes. I mean, my gosh, right now, the uh, Disney employees, uh, after an arrest of a bunch of Disney employees for, for child human trafficking, Bunch of Disney employees are walking off the job, not because they were surrounded by human traffickers at work, but because they think that kindergartners should have to learn about anal sex. And they're upset that Florida is going to pass a law saying, no, don't don't teach about any sort of sex in kindergarten. They're, they're upset about that. My gosh, deviant seeks to silence normalcy. Uh, it's just uh, un unbelievable here we are that, that uh, she can't answer what a woman is. She's apologizing to a child predator. She's got to sit into prison. Not taking, this is why I'm playing the longer clips here. I could give you the nutshell clips here, but I don't want you to think I'm taking any of this out of context. I wanted you to hear it all. You've heard it for yourself. This is who Joe Biden wants of the Supreme Court. And you know what? She's going to get nominated. She's going to get confirmed. This is why the Republicans should be making this painful for the Democrats. Run ads in Arizona where Mark Kelly's up. Georgia where Raphael Warnock is up. Uh, New Hampshire, where, oh, what, what's her name is up? Um, and then in, in Nevada, where uh, the, the Democrat out there is well underwater compared to Adam Laxalt, uh, run ads and point out that Joe Biden is nominating someone for the Supreme Court who can't, is a woman who can't tell you what a woman is. Hello there. 
It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this year program, always glad to have you. Before I get to calls, though, I've got to I gotta do a, a one more clip. Charlie sent me this one. Oh, gosh, now where did it go? I got to go through Charlie's Twitter feed now. Here we go. Here it is. This is yet again uh, one more. This is John Kennedy of Louisiana, Senator from Louisiana, and Katanji Brown-Jackson. When uh, when does life begin, in your opinion? Senator, um, I don't know. <laughs> Ma'am? I don't know. Do you have I, a I belief? I, I have um, personal, religious, and otherwise beliefs that have nothing to do with the law in terms of when life begins. Do you, do you have a personal belief, though, about when life begins? I have a religious view. Religious belief? That I set aside when I am ruling on cases. Okay. When, 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 does, uh, when does equal protection of the laws attach to a, to a human being? Well, Senator, um, I believe that the Supreme Court... Um, Actually, I actually don't know the answer to that question. I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. All right. Just like me. I don't know. what. Okay. She doesn't know what a woman is, and she doesn't know when life begins, nor does she know when the equal protection uh, clause of the 14th Amendment applies. This is who Joe Biden wants on the Supreme Court. Now, I, I, I do have to wonder, did Joe Biden... Did he did he consult a biologist? Because he said he only wanted a black woman. Did Joe Biden consult a biologist? I, I don't know. Uh, Joel from Tyrone, Georgia, emails me. Uh, I would call in. I don't have a great deal of time, but I want to say that Judge Jackson's I can't response to Senator Blackburn is nothing more than pure, unadulterated cowardice. We all know why she declined to answer said question. You know, I will posit why she didn't want to answer the question, and it really has nothing to do about potential transgender rights cases. It's because no matter how she answered the question, it would have gone badly for her with the left. If she said a woman biologically has two X chromosomes, they'd have eaten her alive. If she said a woman is a state of mind, they'd have eaten her alive. There's no way to actually uh, deal with this. There's no way to actually answer that question without someone on the left starting a, a picket with torches and pitchforks. There's just no way for her to do it. That's what the left has become these days. Hello there. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I want to go to Denise, who's been waiting patiently. Denise, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Eric, fine. Since it is so important that, to Biden that the next justice be a black woman, Senator Blackburn should have asked these two follow-up questions. One, are you a woman? And two, how do you know? Because we don't want to make yes. a mistake. Yeah, look. And, and I... shame on Biden for presuming that she identifies as a woman and identifies as a black. That's how crazy this world has become. It, you know, it, it just, it, again, it it's bizarre to me, Denise, um, and it, it does make me wonder, did Joe Biden 
uh, call in a biologist and a gynecologist to make sure that he had uh, an actual female since he said he wanted a female for the Supreme Court. He, he wanted a black female. It, it The whole thing is bizarre to me that this is where we are at this point. You know what? I, I'm going to I'm gonna deviate from where I was headed. I'm going to do this. This is my, my uh, semi-monthly lecture, I guess, or, or my, my bi-monthly lecture on this sort of stuff. Why are we here uh, where we are? Let me explain this one to you. Now, if, if you've heard me say this before, and if you're a longtime listener, you've heard me say this ad nauseum, but I know we've got a lot of new listeners around the country. Uh, we've got new listeners now in Springfield, Illinois, uh, Salem, Oregon, Tucson, Arizona, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we're, we're continuing to grow, not, not to mention uh, in Ohio and in Oklahoma and Florida, North Carolina. We keep growing. That's a good thing. Uh, many of you are new. I need to explain this one to you. Why are we where we are? Why, why is it? So uh, just yesterday, Cory Booker, the senator from uh, New Jersey, referred to Katanji Brown Jackson as Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, of course, the famous baseball player. I fell out laughing. And the reason I fell out laughing is because on the same day, NBC News compared Leah Thomas to Jackie Robinson. Leah Thomas, the guy who swims for the University of Pennsylvania's uh, women's uh, swim team. I, uh, I, I just, I had to fall out laughing. Everybody's Jackie Robinson these days. I'm sure Jackie Robinson is thrilled to know that a guy who swims on a girl's swim team could be Jackie Robinson. Um, I'm sure he'd be proud of Katanji Brown Jackson. It is a historic moment. We should not deny the historicity of a, of a black female being nominated for the U S Supreme court. We should also note that the Republicans were setting Janice Rogers Brown up for this and the Democrats specifically filibustered her and were open about saying they were doing so so she could never be on the Supreme Court. They did not want a Republican-nominated black female for the Supreme Court. But why are we even here? A guy engaged with me on Twitter yesterday, a, a grandfather who has a transgender grandchild, and he says he he has come to accept her truth. Now, his grandchild is his grandson who's decided that he is a granddaughter. And the grandfather says he's decided to accept her truth. And I replied back, said that the truth is not his or hers or yours or mine. The truth is the truth. And we've arrived at a point where we say, well, well who sets the truth? Who defines the truth? We actually have a, a panel of fact-checkers now in the media. And fact-checkers are progressives who lost their credibility as objective reporters. And now they do fact-checking where they get to try to control what the truth is by telling you something is or is not true. Like, for example, the Hunter Biden story. The Hunter Biden story was not true and now is true. And it's all, the only change is that members of the media tell us is true. Well, it was either true or not true the whole time. The truth doesn't really change, but here suddenly now it's, it's true. The fact checkers tell us otherwise after telling us it was a Russian disinformation job. The truth has changed. We have an entire monopoly of technologists out there who shut people down. For example, uh, Adam Ford, the founder of the Babylon Bee. 
his Twitter account has been suspended because he retweeted a Babylon Bee story about uh, Leah Thomas being a he. The Babylon Bee uh, gave him the Man of the Year Award or gave Rachel Levine, I think, the Man of the Year Award. They turned off the Babylon Bee account. Now they've turned off Adam Ford's account for noting that. And biologically, up until a year or so ago, no one disputed that biologically uh, men are men and women are women. It's actually gender, they said, was the social construct. So a biological male was a biological male even if their gender was female. But now they're saying even biology is a social construct. They're, they're getting away from themselves on this, and they're turning inward. This is why Katanji Brown-Jackson cannot say what the definition of a woman is, because if she offers up any definition, there will be a segment of the left, not the right, that comes after her. We're here because we've entered postmodern times. And a lot of people talk about postmodernity and deconstruction and, and things like that, and people don't really know what they mean. And I got to tell you, for the longest time, I wasn't really sure what postmodernism is, and there are no really clear definitions of what postmodernism is. Uh, if you read it, uh, it, postmodernism is Western ph philosophy of the late 20th century characterized by broad skepticism subjectivism or relativism, a suspicion of reason and an acute sensitivity to the role of ideology in asserting and maintaining political and economic power. In other words, postmodernism is you're skeptical of everything. You believe there is no objectivity and everything is relative. Postmodernism is moral relativity. Murder is bad unless you think it's good and then it's okay. We see postmodernity on the left and the right. This is not a phenomenon of the left. This is across the board. How many people do you know who take the position that if they hear something in the media, they automatically disbelieve it? Regardless of what it is, they disbelieve it. The number of people who refuse to believe Ukrainian claims about Russia because the media seems to be on Ukraine's side, so Ukraine must be wrong. I, I know a lot of them. Or there's the, the 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 whole idea that everything is subjective. Uh, what you can, the hallmarks of postmodernity are: you do not believe anything is objective. You do not believe that there is a, a factual truth. There is your truth and my truth. Everything is relative to yourself, and you are very relational and emotive. You 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 feel. You don't think you hear this in, in our everyday speech now. I feel like, as opposed to I think. So in postmodernity, it's very easy for a man to become a woman by feeling because it becomes their truth. What you have to understand overarching and, and encompassing all of postmodernity is where power comes from. Where do postmodernists post believe power comes from? Language. Language. That's why Orwell's 1984, written well before postmodernity became a thing, could see it coming. When you could convince people to change language. Now, what is one of the ways they do that? They elevate the exception above the rule. 
There are, for example, people who cannot see the color blue. They cannot see the blue sky. They have color blindness. They do not pick up the color blue. So they look at the green grass and the blue sky, and and both are kind of muddy gray colors, and the postmodernists will say, well, then there is no truth that the sky is blue and the grass is green. Because someone might see it not as green, the grass, but see it as gray. You can't say the truth is it's, it's green because the truth is that person can't see it that way. Therefore, it can't be true for them. They've taken the exception and they've made it the rule. Or they look at the sky and they say, well, it's not really blue. It's the refraction of light coming through the atmosphere. So they can't take the generality of it. They have to take the specificity to twist it. Postmodernity believes power comes through language. That's why you hear phrases like subvert the dominant discourse. What they mean is that the reason people in power have power, the reason Whitey has power, is because Whitey has controlled the Western canon. This is why there's a movement in in academia to get rid of the great books programs. Because what are the great books? The great books tend to be the great books of Western society. And who wrote the great books of Western society? White people. They include the Greeks as they're white people, you know, the Aristotle and and, and Plato, and then they're, they're white people now. They don't just say white men because there are white women in there as well, but white people. And so you must get rid of those words because those words provide idiomatic expressions. They provide the language of the discourse. They provide the ways people relate to other topics. So you have to get rid of them. Camille Paglia, the the um, the commentator, the, the commentator, lesbian art historian, she has told the story in the past that she showed her uh, students this picture every year. This picture of a man with a big staff in the air and the great body of water spreading before him and a crowd of people. And she's asked those kids in that art history class at a very progressive college if they could tell who that picture was. Any of y'all know? Let me describe it for you again. It's an older man with a staff in the air. There's a great body of water divided in two in front of him and a crowd of people. Do you have any idea? Moses, parting the Red Sea. She says every year she's shown that picture, fewer and fewer kids know what that picture is about. Till this time, hardly anyone in the class does. They're secular atheist kids from a secular atheist background. They can't relate to that. So much of our American story is told through biblical idiomatic expression. We're like David slaying Goliath. It's like Moses parting the Red Sea. It's like Christ on the cross. It's like Peter denying Christ before the rooster crow. We, we tell these things and we relate them to other stories. It's like the um, it's like the the Star Trek, the famous Star Trek Next Generation episode of uh, Jean Luc Picard stuck on the planet with a guy who tells who speaks in idiomatic expression related to the stories of the day. Uh, we do that in society, and so postmodernity believes if we can get people to stop telling those stories, we can tell new stories. And by planting the new stories on people, we can subvert the dominant discourse of Judeo-Christian influence and start relating to each other with other idiomatic expressions that elevate the poor, elevate the working class, elevate black and minorities. But then also they tell us that if you're non-white, you're not part of the power class, no matter how powerful you are. So think about this. Their argument is that um, 
Justice Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court is actually still a victim of white society. And the way he he tries to navigate society is to pretend to be white. And so he decides things the way white conservatives would. This actually came out in a Washington Post story where they were trying to describe Justice Thomas's philosophy. And they said it, it's the conservatism of white people. Because once you get into post-modernity and language controls everything, then you realize that, well, who controls the language? Well, it's the people in charge. And according to post-modernists, post-modernist, man, I'm part Swedish people, forgive me. Uh, according to those who believe in post-modernity, those who are in charge are the white people. And so white people language governs. This is why over the years you've seen them elevate things like Ebonics or... Um, or various slang and vernacular, uh, black vernacular English, BVE, I, I, I've, I've heard it called, and, and there are other phrases for it, African-American vernacular English, things like this. They try to elevate these things because they believe that you control the world by controlling the language. And so they can decide that a man can become a woman or a woman can become a man merely by twisting the language. Not biology, just the language. Biology itself is constructed through language. You learn biology through learning language. You twist the words, you've suddenly reshaped biology. You've reshaped physics, except math is not. Math and physics, they're not social constructs. They're God constructs, if you will. They're, they are universal constructs. But even there, the postmodernists believe that um, you, you should bring racial concepts into math and science and that we should downplay the objectivity of it all and play up the subjectiveness of it. Now, it's doomed to fail. Christianity, for example, can't actually exist in postmodernity because Christ says he is the way and the truth and the life. Uh, if he is the truth, it means there's an objective truth. It can't be your truth and my truth. It's his truth. Uh, science and math can't actually exist with postmodernity. That's why all these postmodern, postmodern people, they go into women and gender studies and African-American studies. They don't go into math and physics. They then try to pollute math and physics with their nonsense because they're trying to bring the subjective into very objective things. On every planet, in every universe, in every galaxy, two plus two is going to equal four. Except in postmodernity, they'll tell you that too is a social construct which makes no sense when you think about it, but that's what they're doing here. That's why Katanji Brown-Jackson can't tell you what a woman is. That's why the media can look at Leah Thomas and say he is a female Jackie Robinson because they are twisting the words of language in postmodernity because they don't believe there's real truth anymore. It's your truth, my truth, her truth, his truth, and who are we to tell them they're wrong when it's their truth? That's not compatible with a stable society. And if you don't believe me, ask the communists who were fully postmodern and look what happened to their societies over time, even in China where things are starting to crumble except through repression. Postmodernity is a tool of the authoritarian regime. Now, let's clean the air here. Let's talk about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You get rid of the dirty odors in your house or your hotel room, or your rental car, because it's highly portable, plugs it, you can plug it in with a USB charger, it works great. Uh, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you can plug it directly into the wall if you want. You can get three of them for less than $200. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com, and you use my discount code, ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. 
You do that, and you will see you get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms in your cart. Uh, you get three of them. You're saving $200. You're getting all three for less than $200, and you get free shipping. It gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the pollen in the air. It's an air purifier. It, it does all that stuff, but also it doesn't mask odors. It eliminates odors as well. And it does a great job from a highly portable product. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. There's a lot of buzz on social media about Jeremy's razors. Um, the uh, CEO of the Daily Wire, uh, Jeremy, has come out with a brand of razors, and it, it's essentially uh, going with I Hate Harry's. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is I actually am a, a longtime customer of Harry's razors. Uh, I used the Dollar Shave Club for a while. I actually like the, the Harry's razors ones a little better. Although I need to go back to Dollar Shave Club, maybe. Or maybe I'll try Jeremy's razors. Um, Dollar Shave Club's kind of updated their design. Uh, the, the reason I bring this up, though, is, you know, Harry's razors, I was a customer of theirs. And they asked if I would start doing ads. I said, sure, Ben Shapiro, very much the same way. Uh, they wanted to do ads and then, uh, small Twitter accounts from progressive activists complained and they canceled the ad buys because the wokes were upset with Ben Shapiro and me. And you know what they always say is, well, go out and do your own thing. Go build your own. So, uh, the Daily Wire folks have gone out and they've built their own branded razors, uh, Jeremy's razors. They're calling them. Um, they, they would say Ben's razors, except I don't think Shapiro has gotten out of puberty yet, so he doesn't shave. Uh, so you got to go with uh, Jeremy Boring's razors. <laughs> but uh, so now they're doing it. And you know what the left is doing? Of course, they're ridiculing them for having done it. The left were the ones. You don't like it. Go build your own. So they did. And like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you wasted your time on that. Well, good for them for standing up for themselves on this. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.